Hello everyone and welcome to episode 71 of Retro Encounter. My name's Alana Hayes and I'm your host for the second part of Shadow Hearts Covenant. With me again is Mike Solosi. Hey everybody. Robert Fenner. Pleased to be back. And Steph Sabidlo. Woo! So, 40-50 hours later and we've travelled <laughs> all across the world, across Japan, even to Takamagahara almost, and... Well, what are we left with? I guess Shadow Hearts Covenant is a bit of a... Oh, just a crazy ride for the whole game. And then the ending is what we're going to kick off with, I think. So, oh. seeing as, Mike, you are the first person, well, the newest, to play this game, mm-hmm. what did you think of the ending? Because we had some pre-show chat uh, about it, and you are trying to piece things together, which I think is probably how I felt the first time I played it. Right. So, go ahead. Right. Well, um, f- first of all, I, sh- I should mention that this was not the final conflict I was expecting. Because, I mean, I mean, they were setting up Rasputin to be the main villain, and I, I thought he was going to be a presence to the end, but he barely survives the halfway point. And then I figured, oh, okay, the, this is still going to be about Russian succession, and Alexei is going to be the final boss. And then that didn't happen. And then I was really not sure where they were going with the plot anywhere, and then figured, oh, maybe they're just, it's just going to be some kind of existential demon thing happening. And you end up with this sort of emotional clash at the end about loss and wanting to redo time and uh, a, a main villain who doesn't really seem like a main villain in, in Kato. But the ending... Uh, okay, my understanding is that um, the mistletoe is still in Yuri and is about to kill him and you get to choose to either live the rest of your life as a soulless version of Yuri that doesn't remember anything or die but go to heaven and the Yuri's version of heaven is meeting Alice again on the train in Shadow Hearts 1. But I, pretty much. But yeah. I, it could be that or somehow the mistletoe sends him back in time to Shadow Hearts 1 and lets him play that <laughs> through to the good ending. Well, because... yeah. That's okay. Kind of, mm. Sorry, I cut in there. So that's the thing that took me a while to get um, to sort of get around yeah, my head. So I, I'm not sure if time if there's time travel or not. We mentioned it last. There, there uh, is. Okay. Yeah. Because yep. so, we, yeah. we we mentioned it last week a little bit. I'm not sure if it was on the recording or after the recording, but uh, it it seemed like there was time travel shenanigans happening. Maybe because you mentioned that the that both endings in Shadow Hearts one were canon, which confused me a little bit. But from yeah. the from the way it's framing it, I'm not sure if if Yuri was thrown back in time, or if his soul gets to re-experience Shadow Hearts One. Maybe his soul was just thrown back into his version of himself. I I really need some help. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the general gist is is like you play the first game and get the bad ending, so Alice mm. takes the four mask curse and dies. Shadow Hearts Covenant ends with the good ending where Yuri dies, gets sent back in time to relive Shadow Hearts 1 and get the good ending where Shadow, uh, Alice lives, essentially. That's my understanding of it generally. Yeah. I don't really go I, into too much about the soul or anything, but I don't know, what does everyone else I, I Yeah, I thought a lot of that was just kind of plot hogwash anyways. It doesn't really matter, well, but yeah, I think no, the it, most it's definitely like plot hogwash. That, <laughs> yeah. that uh, Shadow Hearts 1 is basically, you, you play it, you get the bad ending canonically, you play the second game, and then you kind of go back and play the first game technically and get the good ending. Yeah, right. you get a chance to redo it. But um, Yuri's not the only person who goes back in time, which no. <laughs> yeah. gets us, gets yeah. us into some weird territory. Oh, I remember so, that. So, so, um, all right, now, I haven't played Shadow Hearts 1, but my understanding is that you meet Yuri's mother in that game, and her name is Anne or Anna. Yeah. Right? Um. And, and on the battleship... When they're faking Russian passports for themselves, Karin gets one and names herself Anne, or Anastasia gives her the name Anne. Yeah. And right. and then <laughs> through the ending, Karin gets thrown <laughs> back in time and then meets Yuri's father and is actually Yuri's mother. She gets yeah. amnesia or something, right? I'm not sure. But, probably. It's but when I was, like... I, I I needed to look up some materials to try and figure out what was happening, and yeah. someone on some forum mentioned that. Yuri's mother named Yuri after her first love. <laughs> oh wow! That was that yeah, was um... that was something mentioned in Shadow Hearts One. I haven't okay. played it, but but, the, uh, but that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not weird at all. Yeah. See, we touched on it last week, or I think I did. But the whole to be kind fair, of... I mean, how would she ever have known that any of what was going to happen would happen? 
And at least it all no. turned out okay and everything's still back in order. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's kind of funny how they, uh, in effect, they actually do, they actually fit into the original story really well because uh, Karen's German, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she is. Yeah, so, but now she thinks she's Russian, which... Mm. Because she has a Russian put, passport like, that says Anna on it. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Yuri's actually half Japanese, half German, not half Japanese, half Russian. The axes of evil. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, hey, come on. Well, I mean, technically Russia was not an Axis power, but sure. <laughs> well, Russia's not involved anymore, is it? Yeah, it, it, correct. You're right. Oh, yeah. It was all a feint. <laughs> well, it's actually pretty cool how they made it all work out in the end. Yeah, it, it, um, it, they do tie up loose ends in a very interesting, strange way, but they... They do do that. Details are slimy, but yeah, at least they actually managed to pull it off without, you know, causing too many retcons to the original stuff. I have yeah. to wonder how much of it was planned in advance, but um, I think they, they made the best of it. I think so. Certainly. I feel happy with the end. I don't yeah. want anything after it, and I'm happy. <laughs> All things when... considered, like, I thought it was actually a really clever twist on the entire time travel plot, you know, and yeah. it kind of makes, kind of yeah. adds credence to both the good and the bad ending in the first game. Yeah, I believe there's a reference to it in the third game as well, because Roger Bacon's still in the third game, and oh. I think he says something about, I can't remember the specifics of it, but something about Yuri or something about everything being okay, and you're just like, no, hang on a minute, didn't everyone die? And it's like, oh no, there's the time travel thing, and obviously Shadowhot 3 is set after the good ending of 1, so 2 probably didn't even happen, I guess. No, no, quite... no, 2 is a dark timeline that's not experienced in the good yeah. ending of 1. And... Yeah. That's why Lenny is such a good boy in 3. <laughs> exactly. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, Lenny. But I, I actually did like that you pointed out that, you know, Kato does not really seem like a bad guy. And, yeah, because you actually uh, see him a lot in the first game. Yeah. And he's, he's this kind of, like, wimpy, you know, wimpy, friendly giant kind of guy. So, he's kind of inconsequential. He's just like a sidekick to a much more... Very much, yeah. yeah. So no, I think it's actually pretty interesting that, you know, uh, both Yuri and Kato experience just a ton of loss, and they both deal with it very, very differently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm a little surprised to hear you say that he was not consequential and uh, and or even wimpy in the first game, because he, he has a little bit of gravitas and seems like he was... I don't know some kind of you know lieutenant to a major character in the first game, but the, I, I'm only I'm I'm only seeing this through the lens of someone that's only played Covenant, but yeah, it, it, having an, an um, a minor NPC from the first game show up in such a big way in this game and mm. have an interesting villain arc that's motivated by loss and not really by evil was it, it's it, it seems very in character for what Shadow Hearts is because again. I, uh, I I was I was fooled into thinking that this game would be against some uh, that the final conflict would be against some kind of megalomaniac or a giant demon, but it ended up being this you know an emotional story about someone dealing with loss, which is exactly what Yuri's dealing with. So in in a way, Kado and Yuri are similar in that they they lost someone very important to them in the events of the first game, and like yeah. and and like you all said, they're dealing it with it in very different ways. And it's I I was surprised and impressed with how the plot shook out into a, into a final conflict. Shadow Hearts in general seems to actually do that very well with its uh with its characters. I actually thought as creepy and strange as Geppetto was, his side quest story was actually pretty touching as well. Because similarly, yeah. he's dealing with uh, the loss of what? What was it? His daughter, his, I think. Mm-hmm. His daughter, yeah. Or his wife? Yeah. No, his wife's still alive, isn't she? No, it, it's his and, daughter, and, and his and his puppet yeah. was patterned after his daughter. That's right. Yeah. yeah for a second, and I thought so... you were, for a second I thought you were talking about the emotional tragedy <laughs> of the gay tailor making dresses, but I I, I realized what you meant. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> no, I skipped the side question. Um, I dress up my daughter real doll in sexy outfits. Eww. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no. I, ne- I never got a well, I never got a sexual thing between him and the puppet, but no, I, no, I didn't either. She's dressed in her and Veronica's clothes. Oh, oh he, okay, that. that is true. <laughs> There's that bit. Whoops. Oh. But it's powerful. It's to strengthen her. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I feel empowered. <laughs> Don't you? The side oh, quest. Yeah. That, the side quest that made me uncomfortable was uh, getting the final special attack for Joaquin. <laughs> 
I knew oh you were going to do that. Was it oh, yeah. the, uh, the, tower, the wrestling tower thing? It's the yes. Man Festival. I'm a big oh. fan of the Man Festival. I, 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 think, I, I think the Man Festival is hilarious until uh, Great Gamma tells you what the winner gets. Oh, I love uh, man. It was and, just such a funny little end to that side quest. It's great. Joaquin never left my party the whole game since getting him. No, uh, he, his, like he's the second best attacker after Yuri. He has enormous sanity, so I never had to bother with. Uh, uh, That's with... usually why I left Karen out. Actually, her sanity was way too low. Yeah, it's, and it's why I hated using Anastasia too, is because her, her yeah. sanity was way too low. I ended up using. Uh, Using Blanca. I used everybody else. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and actually, Blanca ended up being my highest level character for a while because he has two segments where he, uh, where he's the only one in the party, and he's the only one that fights in dogfights. Yeah, he gets <laughs> extra experience. See, yeah. I must be a glutton for punishment because I had Cam Karen and Anastasia along with Joachim and Yuri because Karen's got some really. The nice thing about the combo system is that the more damage you do is based on the amount of hits you do. So mm. Karen has like the 24 hit sword move which is yes incredibly right. good and Anastasia is just like I just think she's cute she's just there Look, for like... Karen's a good attacker I just uh yeah I, I, the sanity system while interesting got really frustrating for low sanity characters and I um well this is a uh, a callback to the beginning of the game I guess but I did not understand sanity at all so when you were <laughs> doing the din dungeon that's just her and Nikolai she got her sanity down to zero in the boss fight uh, multiple times, and I had no idea what was happening. I thought the boss had done <laughs> yeah. something to, to make her berserk. And uh, it wasn't until I had a full party of characters that I figured out what sanity was. It's, no, it's... it's not one of those bad games, though, where it's like you have to constantly be monitoring that. No, most, no, no. Most it's, fights it, you can get through without having to pay attention to it. Maybe a few boss fights you got to yeah, heal it's up. Only, it's only it. bosses that it bothered me. but Because uh, I, yeah. I was able to win probably a good, uh, definitely more than half of uh, fights uh, yeah, because these games are turn. really obnoxious about that kind of thing, where you always got to be monitoring it, or <laughs> Lunar Dragon Song, where you got to watch your HP when you're running. God, just, just don't, just oh, don't play what? Lunar Dragon Song. But the <laughs> SP system, I can't actually remember specifically from the original, but they actually simplified it. So in the original, I believe, I think it was exclusive to Yuri, but his SP wouldn't regenerate after fights, and you had to go and cleanse Malice in the. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So you actually had to replenish Yuri's SP separately. I think the rest of the parties might have replenished at the end of each fight, like it does in the Covenant. But with Yuri specifically, he'd have like 50 SP, but he'd always have 50 SP. It would go down to 25 in a fight, and it would stay to 25 outside <laughs> of battle. This is not um, selling I'm... me on Shadow Hearts One any better. <laughs> like it's, if you no, thought like, that this the... wasn't bad. There's like two dungeons where that go on a bit long, where that gets a bit nerve wracking, but it's not that bad otherwise. Yeah, items are pretty cheap, if I remember rightly, as well. They're, like, not too yeah. bad. If you thought that the graveyard in, in Covenant was something that was um, annoying and cumbersome and should have been a menu, uh, boy, Shadow Hearts 1 has got you covered. I didn't think the graveyard was that bad. Um, I, I I maybe wouldn't have minded if it had been simplified to a menu, but I, I, I never was bothered by it. And, and, it was, like... and it was kind of a cool space to check out. The mm. one thing I liked about the first game is the masks were especially cool and creepy. Yeah, yeah, they're really I, mean. I like that. Yeah, like a bit more. So, like, I get the symbolism in Covenant's graveyard, but I like that it looks like an actual graveyard in one. The, that it's the one, just much more simple. The one thing I didn't like about the graveyard in Covenant is that because of the fixed camera and and moving around, um, oh. I could I couldn't see two of the six rooms un until mm. I realized I was missing two and and had and had to move to a different part of the room. So oh, I think two it, random elements. You're just like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's like what, I forget which two it was. I think one of them was wind, but I for I think it might have been wind and darkness. Wind and w is it wind and earth? Maybe wind and earth. Maybe okay, maybe that was it. Because I I used the fire armor guy for most of the game anyway. I love yeah. the designs of those things too. Actually, did you did you by any chance go all out and get like every single one of his forms? Um, yeah. not all get of the them, sandals. but I I found two or three soul drops, and I used them to upgrade the uh, the. Uh, fire and darkness guys. 
It's one of those games where if you follow through on that entire side quest, it becomes incredibly easy to beat the game, which I always like, but, you know, yeah. I always like that kind of, like, here's your, the reward for your easy mode. Yeah. Yes, Seraphic Radiance is yeah, the I most did. overpowered thing ever. It's got, like, yeah. the, the massive ultimate move, the huge healing well, move, I, and then the buff <laughs> everything move. Well, I mean, uh, for the final boss, I had the big, uh, the fully upgraded fire demon, and I just used... Uh, his his power up move, and then I used yeah. a, a, the item that let me cycle through his uh, his uh, his wheel uh, five times. So I was able. Oh, to... the fifth key. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so I I dealt I think thirty seven hundred damage in one turn Ooh. once to the final boss. Beautiful. It... The final boss is actually quite a good good bout too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's it's a and, yeah. it, and it gets into some Japanese mythology that uh. Uh, Susanoo Okami stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. The game does not do mythology like quite a bit of justice. Not always accurately, but it's a lot of fun to actually go with it. Yeah, in, in a way, it reminded me of an SMT game, just incorporating multiple, fol- yeah, multiple mm-hmm. folklores together in in a sort of messy, unique JRPG way. But uh, but it, but it was cool seeing all of that. I, I I liked the references and the and and the look of the final boss. Yeah. I think we can all agree, though, the uh, ship was the worst dungeon. Yeah. Uh, oh, my. wow. Uh, what a way to, to start your disc. Oh, yeah. I thought, um, oh. I, th- I thought the tower at the end of the first disc was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, but... really? Oh, with the Switch dungeon where you have to move the cages up and down. And... Yeah, and, and, then, yeah. and I'm like, well, like, well, this is a bit of a chore. Hopefully the second disc, they calm down a little bit. And no, they <laughs> don't. Oh, Mike, was oh, that when boy. you sent me a message saying like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish this in time? <laughs> was that when you sent it? No, no, it was it was after it was after that. But I I had okay. sort of suspected, oh man, there's gonna be a bunch of endgame dungeons that are as bad as the battleship, and that wasn't quite the case. I thought not that the dark really, yeah. the worst thing, but the battleship yeah. kind of overtook it for me. Yeah, I think I gained so don't... many levels at least, so like the the rest of the game wasn't too too bad. And, and the battleship. I was like, ah. well, also, the the kanji on that map doesn't correspond to um, no. uh, what uh, w- what it says that they are. They're not saying one, two, and three, and they're definitely not saying A, B, and C. So, like, yeah. I was trying to, and since they're so, not, they're so, only labeled in Japanese on the map. So I was does like, it make trying it to more or less confusing if you're a Japanese speaker. Well, more. <laughs> wow. telling you, like, oh, you, you want to open door one, and it's like there's no numbers on here at all. Like, I'm, I, oh, man. <laughs> It's a mess. Dungeon. I also don't like Immortal Mountain. I just oh. like it's easy to get through straight away, but if you want everything in there, you have to put the colors in so specifically. And I, I, I have to really admit, I used I used a, I used a guide for that because I was I was in a little bit of a hurry to finish. I finished the game very late last night, and then, <laughs> so I, so when I was oh, doing that, it, it's like okay, I don't need to reason. I'm not going to be able to reason this out in a reasonable amount of time. So. Yeah. Game FAQs, what you got for me? Yeah. This game seems to have a preoccupation with these little gimmicks that just make you do a whole bunch of backtracking. And I, I'm not down with that. Yeah. I yeah. don't mind doing it in areas, but not in dungeons. Oh, There's... God. One of the ones is probably the block puzzle that you got to go back for. You get like oh, a. Oh, no. Uh... Oh, I hate... The one in the dungeon where, where Roger Bacon nice. is, it drove me nuts. I think I said it on the last podcast, but moving block and moving platform dungeons yeah. are my oh, yeah, least um, favorite uh, things no, ever. The, Even with the, a guide, it's still incredibly confusing. It, it's not the Roger Bacon dungeon. It's the one where you have to find the Emigre mag- manuscript. Like, yeah, you know what? There's a whole team. bunch of real losers among yeah. those dungeons. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there it's is. It's a great game, but the dungeons really, really take me off. Yeah, I, yeah. I I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but my favorite dungeon was probably the Sapiantes Gladio headquarters because it was short. <laughs> it is the best. Yeah, it's just tiny. It was it was short, and, like and it was and, yeah, it, it was just up finding a bunch of secret passages in like uh in, in like you know an old Italian house. It felt like a, it felt like I was playing a spy game. It was great. Like, <laughs> like a lot of the locations, like even where, um, God, I forgot where that resistance group is kind of hang- hanging out, you know, and it's kind of like all built into the rock. Yeah, the one in Turkey. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that place I thought was just gorgeous to look look at. And uh, some of the villages in um, in the Japanese part of the game were actually really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I thought the um, the uh, the villages in the in the second disc were more interesting than those in the first disc. Because they, they, they did shake shake up the music a little bit, and uh, yeah. kind of all those French French and Italian towns and 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 British ones too, kind of have like the same like houses that look similar and streets that look a little too similar. 
Yeah. Like, it's yeah. one thing to be playing a fantasy game sometimes, but it's also nice to kind of live vicariously through uh, a game that's kind of, you know, taking a different part of Earth and just, just mm. seeing it represented in a video game. It's oddly charming to do. Um, yeah. So, like, I even like walking through an old Japanese house. You know, I just thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> it's nice. It's like it's a nice moment. Housing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The theme song there is really nice, too. Oh, I love the town themes for Japan, especially um, Inugami. I think that was what yeah. you were referencing last episode. Yeah, um, it's just a nice piano theme. Yeah, I love Inugami Village. I like the clay idol that Joaquin picks up. Uh, what did you guys think of the final party member? Well, Joins, I, uh... I feel bad for Karando, because actually Karando is really powerful. Like, when you get uh... him, when I got him, he was like 50 or 70 stronger than everybody else, and I was like, oh, <laughs> brilliant. And I really like I really like Tsukiyomi, his first fusion, because yeah. I'm a bit of a sucker for like light moon based stuff, but <laughs> you just forget about him. You just he's he did kind nothing of like, for me. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's I, and he's so atypical as well. He's like Oh look, a it's another harmonizer. Eighteen year old. He would have been harmonic. good, but he's too little too late. He felt yeah, like he, he felt like the protagonist of a different RPG that just joined definitely. you that this joins you for the mm. last third of the game. Yeah, I thought he was charming enough, and uh, his final form is actually really good if you, again, go through the effort to get it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do Doji. like how you meet him, too, and, uh, you know, him and Blanca kind of, like, get together a little bit. Snowball. Hmm. Yeah, I always like seeing the parts of a game that kind of ditch the protagonist for a bit, so I just think it's really cool when, you know, Yuri yeah. get, kind of gets left behind and see what happens there. Well, they did something mm. similar in the first game because you get Halley really late, don't you? In one, because you get him That's in right. London, and London is literally like. But I remember I stuck with him because. Um, yeah, Halley's good. Yeah, he's really, really good. I swapped um, him in for Alice, so I had Hall Alice swapped out for Halley, and then Keith and Yuri, and I was like sorted because Halley had the healing sorted. Keith could heal himself, and Yuri's okay. So yeah. <laughs> I I used Karando a little bit. But uh, yeah. ultimately, he wasn't going to break up my Yuri, Joaquin, Blanca, Lucia combo that I had used for like more than half of the previous part of the game. So I, I tried, oh. I, I tried him out, but I was, I wasn't really into into him. Yeah. I mean, Did you? Sorry, go ahead. It's just, having having uh, Karando and Yuri in the party at the same time. It just kind of feels like it feels like you're you're. I don't know, like you're, you're missing out on somebody else who should be covering another role rather than having yeah. two, two yeah, transforming characters. Yeah, and I guess that characters. sucks because he's just not up to snuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, by the end of the game, he just completely is... Com oh. yeah, I think Yutendoji is the only thing that's stronger than Yuri. Even as Seraphic Radiance, maybe it might be physically more powerful, but it's mm. slow and his ring is so disproportionate. So it Yeah, really... it starts right away, doesn't it? Yeah. Tell me, his, uh, his ring the was judgment... weird. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me the judgment ring system just isn't really addictive, though. Like, I like how you can actually yeah. adjust how wide the slots are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think like that's that. a really clever battle system in and, that and case. It kind of really keeps you on your toes. And also accessories, like, will give you unusual effects to it. Like, uh, when I was getting yeah. used to it, I, I equipped the slowing accessories to uh, to Yuri and Joaquin, but then I, I switched them out once I got much more comfortable with, uh, with how their rings were shaped. And, yeah. um... It, it, it's just it's a very good version of timed hit stuff that you see in a lot of RPGs because it uh, it, it, it is definitely a skill based system that you know you can manipulate more the better you get with it and it doesn't it doesn't slow the game down horribly like like Legend of Dragoon which I think we talked about last <laughs> last time. <laughs> But that's one thing I think is cool is um one of the best accessories um it like triples your like doubles your attack power but you can't see the the actual nodes on the ring. Mm -hmm. I, so I, basically yeah. you just have to have really good timing and I think that's it's actually really really clever. Huh? Yeah. yeah. No, I I, I yeah. use that on Joaquin for most of the end of the game, but I it basically I got way fewer strikes, but um and and but I was good enough to be able to keep getting hits. And the yeah. and the damage increase was so much that it uh, it made up for missing out on the strikes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's funny you say the slow you use the slowdown accessory because I can't play with the judgment ring slower. It, yeah, I I've had that too. There's something really rhythmic about it being as fast as it is. And actually, did actually this is off of a tangent off of this. Did anyone get Yuri's ultimate weapon? I don't yeah. think I did. No, I, I don't I'm think not so. Sure how. No. So, do you know how to get it? Oh, do you have to do those in, trials? Your audience. Do you have to do yeah. the trials from the guy in Turkey? No. So oh, okay. in, I believe it's in Wales, there is a mini game where you have to do 15 rotations of the Judgment Ring. I think it's 15. And it speeds up. 
Oh, jeez. So, Yuri's fifteenth yes, key. <laughs> yeah, it's the fifteenth key, and it's a nightmare. Somehow, I didn't do it this playthrough. I think I skipped. I skipped like all the side quests just to try and get it finished. But I, in my second playthrough, I did it in one go, and I think the kind of elation I got out of that was like, <laughs> oh Jesus! There was I'd gotten so used to that ring maybe from the last time i think if i remember right it's a copy of yuri's ring directly maybe just three hits but i got used to the spacing of it that the speed was inconsequential so it was just like speeding up a piece of music right. and tapping along to it to so, me so, so so is it better or worse than the worst than the most annoying mini games in ff10 to get your ultimate weapons oh God. no oh it's better that'll take it, okay. you maybe about half hour to yeah. all right so, so, it's, it, so it's better than chasing butterflies or dodging lightning bolts uh, but it's still a very tense half hour where you might throw the, <laughs> you know, you're still gripping on the controller because you might throw it at the screen. So it's a lot more tense in my opinion, but it will not take you nearly as long. No, it's not 200 lightning bolts. Cool. If it was 200 rotations, then maybe we're getting somewhere. But yeah, like slowing down the judgment ring, it really throws me off. I, I, I only did it. I, I only did it mostly early on uh, to get used yeah. to the judgment ring system, and then I stopped. Uh, by the last couple dungeons of the first disc, I stopped doing it. Oh, yeah. I get that. I've gotten used to the Coral Lariat, so I used them pretty much all the way through. But, I mean, anything slower, like the, the one that makes it 50% slower, that's, that's No, that's weird. For me. No, I, 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 used, I only did the 25% slower one because the, the 50% one was worse than not having an accessory at all. It messed me up too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did a lot of you guys do the, uh, the sort of endgame side quest for each character? There's like a main character quest for everybody? Um, I did them for Joaquin and Blanca, but I don't think I did them for anyone else. I was uh, low on time, so it was just manifest yeah. for me. I have Lucy done had a pretty cool one where they actually where you can get a game over screen just from getting lost. Oh, oh really? I hate that dungeon. Yeah, I, you're, you're I stuck the black in there forest. forever. Is essentially what happens, and it, yeah, and the game just kind of fades to black and says, of, "Yeah, you guys are stuck." It's kind of a horror black, game. That's is that cool. The black forest. <laughs> yeah, the black yeah. forest. I hate that dungeon. Although on my first playthrough with her. I think you can get a tarot card there, which I can't remember what it is, but you can pull them and it dro- it like like times your money by like a hundred or something. Yeah. And I remember loading up my old save file for a laugh, and I had twenty five million, and I was like, "Where have I got all this money from?" <laughs> you know what? That really that really bugs me with end game like RPGs. Um, like you always get more money at the end, but you never need it because oh, you, you don't. don't have yeah, to there's fight. nothing to do with it. Anyone's weapon. Yeah, I I beat the final boss remarkably quickly uh, because I had just stockpiled so much money and I hadn't used any of my key items. So yeah, so yeah, I had third, I had a bunch of third and fifth keys, and I think one seventh key, and I just used all of them, and the boss lasted maybe three turns. Well, that, that's yeah. exaggerating. Maybe it was more like five, but whatever. Three turn bonus dough. Yeah, <laughs> a lot oh, of Yuri's uh, um, fire knight armor guy just dealing two thousand, three thousand damage. It was awesome. Yeah, if you do like energy charge, and then if you've got seraphic radiance turning into seraphic radiance. And then do a fifth key. It's you probably. It's That's probably definitely a game that feels good to kick ass in. <laughs> yeah, it does because I like it. You're you're taking down gods. You've got to be overpowered <laughs> some way. Got to be punching them out. Exactly. You got to punch them gods. Um, I I did actually really like Yuri coming around and you know just having a good. <laughs> He's not, he's not a very pretty crier, but I did I did like that he did have a good cry about Alice. <laughs> that does make me feel that bit makes me feel Come on, really who, awkward. But the whole who, who's a pretty crier though? Nobody is at all. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not really something you see a lot of you know main heroes do, and I, I think it's really sweet that they that you know the game didn't really talk much about Alice, but when they did, you kind of see where the plot was going. Yeah, mm. you know, it kind of really changed gears from the kind of silly you know Rasputin drama to you know to something a bit more serious and a bit more relatable, I guess. Yeah, I remember. I actually remember being shocked when you see Rasputin's um, character profile picture because I think that's like the only time you ever see it. He's mostly just in cutscenes. There's a couple of cutscenes where you see the profile picture, but yeah, most of the time he's in vocalized. Um, yeah, cuts. yeah. So like, as, as quick as he was in, he was immediately out, and then yeah, the plot kind of shifts gears in Japan. But I think it's kind of cool that they brought that back from the first game, which similarly the game starts in Asia and takes you to Europe, and this one is the other way around. Full circle, yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah, it huh. does. One has a constant villain in Albert Simon, though, I guess. Mm. Um, but two does the really cool thing. And I think, like Mike was saying earlier, and I'll refer to it, I like villains who aren't villains, basically, who just have a clash of ideals 
kind yeah. of, or they That's have the same experience. That's much more compelling. Yeah. Yeah, it's, better than more. Yeah, it's not just, world somehow. Yeah, it's I guess very much. Kato a little bit from the first game though, and it's just nice to see how much he's changed. He was cute yeah. in the first one, and mm, the whole relationship with Kawashima um, is really sad. Like Oka. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actual... O- o- Oka was the uh, yeah. like... and man, he was fighting for quite a bodacious babe right there. <laughs> like, holy crap, they were very generous with her polygons. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> they, they did some interesting rendering for women's bodies in this game in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first time around, definitely. I didn't remember it being as racy as uh, as it was, but uh, I was wrong. I think off the back of playing three, I came in a little bit more like because three is a little bit looser in every way, sense or form, as in like you know magical transformation girl, which is <laughs> dreadful. Why would you do that? I think there's definitely one in the third game where you have to give Roger Bacon like a magical magazine, and it's mm. not magic. It's definitely <laughs> definitely porn. It's definitely yeah, I think porn. that's the third game. Yeah, I, th- I don't know if there's anything similar, but we're not, we're they not, have it's, a porno it's, magazine it's not... in each game that's relevant <laughs> to a side quest. They do. Well, <laughs> in, in in Covenant, it's not a magazine; it's it's stud cards, which are still an all-time oh, great collection I side say, quest. Yeah, a lot of games would not include that kind of thing, and they have a hat trick for including them in all three games. Mm. <laughs> that's true. Having some important, very plot important porno mag. I am I'm struggling to think of another RPG that has a porn collection side quest. Uh, that Wild Wilds Three. Okay. <laughs> not a side wow. quest, but the boss, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm not aware. Like I'll, have to ask, book boss. <laughs> I'll have to ar- ask Marcos about that because I know that's one of his favorite games. <laughs> I know that the Japanese version of Dark Savior, since it was set in a prison, you, your currency items were were cigarettes and dirty magazines. But in the American oh. game, they changed it to to chocolate and candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! I love censorship. What was this from? <laughs> oh, this Dark Savior on Saturn. It's like the follow up oh, cool. to Landstalker. Oh. Yeah. Um, so overall reactions, did we like Shadow Hearts? Oh, is that directed at me? I, I Anybody, guess. I guess. <laughs> Go with Mike, because Mike's new. Go yeah, I really want to know your opinions on it. Um, yes, I liked it. It uh, it had some frustrating portions, but I don't think those were any more or less frustrating than uh, similar games of this era. And the things it did, uh, the story stuff and the characters and the mostly unique tone and feel of the game I thought were interesting and even, or even special. Would so, you go back and uh, play the first game then? I'm thinking about it, but uh, but a <laughs> uh, but I mean a, a worse no, it's not a worse... as tedious either. Like the dungeons are significantly better. But uh, yeah. the idea of a worse judgment ring is not appealing. I thought it was about the same, honestly. Oh, really? It's not yeah, worse. It's just... You can't customize it yeah you can't customize it but it's not worse at all like it's maybe the angles a little bit more off i feel like it's tilted more away from the screen but it's definitely not worse i think it's. i actually thought that was the case with shadow hearts too i really had trouble getting into the the uh, the (laughs) rhythm of the second game because i came up the first yeah Hmm. but no i i think you should play it it's worth it because it makes two more important and also, you said that it it uh, it had less absurdity than the than the second game. It's a lot less absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the atmosphere and the enemy design is absolutely out of this world and worth okay. it, even if alone for that. Because I mean, I I liked the bosses are incredible. I I, I yeah, liked yeah. the weird tone in Covenant, where uh, where sometimes it would just be just really off the wall crazy and and <laughs> almost and almost clash with the the dark tone of the rest of the game. I I liked that most of the time. Which Play in, the first half hour, and I think you'll kind of get what's going on with the Shadow Hearts and, one, and I think you'll fall for it. And, and I think I've mentioned I've played the very beginning of From the New World, and mm-hmm. I actually over the top. I, I actually like oh, the yeah. wacky, over the top <laughs> characters in it. Like I, I mean, I know Alana's not a fan of him, but I think Frank's hilarious. Aww. So, <laughs> so I'm I'm not sure if I'm closer to, go, to I'm not sure if I'm closer to going back and playing Shadow Hearts one or moving forward and playing Shadow Hearts three. I could I could go either way doing that. <laughs> But um, but no, like I, Covenant's really good. I am definitely happy I played it through to the end. It went in some directions I wasn't expecting, and um, yeah, it's I, I would definitely say it's one of the better PS2 RPGs, and there are a ton of good PS2 RPGs. So it's yeah, it's it's great. Definitely stands out. I think. It's not um, 
So, Elena, this is a replay for you, and you said you weren't able to beat it this time. What what point did you stop at? Um, I was really near the end, so I was just before meeting Ishimura for the last time. I think it's the time where Yuri goes in and just literally beats the living life out of him, is like, <laughs> loses his cool, and then just before all the Alice stuff. But I've played it twice before, and... And you were busy, you were busy with the Tales of Berseria copy for review, right? Oh, yeah, go read it. Um, and... <laughs> but... Yeah, I I love this game a lot. I've got like a lot of feelings about it. Uh, I love the series. I wish they would do more with the series. Oh, there were yeah. rumbles. There were rumblings a couple of years ago. Of, of, I think the creator said, "Oh, I've got ideas to do a prequel with um, Jim Paro and I think Corando's dad." And I was just like, "Oh, that's exactly oh, what that'd be so cool." Well, exactly about a year what... ago, he said that he was working on a game, but wouldn't say what it was. And, and <laughs> it's been silent since then. So I, I mean, have. knowing us, he's knowing knowing our luck. He's probably working on a mobile game. Oh, probably. Going the mana Breath of Fire route, Shadow Hearts 4, oh. mobile phones only. No. That uh, would be hearts. <laughs> but Pay real oh, money hearts. to get more sanity. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I giggle because it sounds real. The, the, <laughs> it really does. Actually, um, oh, yeah, they, they totally would make the stamina stat sanity for mobile Shadow Hearts, wouldn't they? Oh, mm-hmm. that, that's but, a dark future that is alarmingly real I don't think I could deal with that <laughs> but um, yeah coming back to it and now I've finished and played 3 um, I was hard because I love this game a lot but it's probably been about 5 years since I last played it but I found myself struggling at times like Battleship Mikasa was one point but there were tons of dungeons every dungeon I went to in Shadow Hearts I just sort of went oh god not this one not this yeah. one, not that one. But then there are like really nice things, like the Soul Ring quest, like the and there's all the little side quests, Joachim's side quest, Blanca's side quest, Yuri's character, Yuri's development. They're all so good. Much. The dungeons it's... are infuriating, but the rest of it's really, really good. There was yeah, there was so much that I almost blanked out. And then going back to it, I just sort of went. This is kind of killing my enjoyment a little bit. And it was really quite sad because it's like the first time I've ever gone back and played a game that I've sort of gone, I love this game. I'd put it in my top 10 and go, oh, really? (laughs) But at the same time, it's humbling because I still love this game. There's nothing else like Shadow Hearts at all. And I would really recommend everyone play at least, I would say, one and two. If you like silliness, play three. Um, I do like silliness, but I mean, just just good. look at just look at other things I play and watch regularly. Of course, I like, <laughs> of course, I like silliness. But three is mechanically really, really good. So mm-hmm. something that's really infuriating in two is there is actually a invisible three layer layer system. So like, if you throw an enemy up in the air, you and you can miss if you're in a combo, but in three it will tell you where you're going to hit. And in, in three, it tells you where you're going to hit, and in two, it doesn't. It doesn't tell you if you're going to miss. Yeah, I almost never did uh, the uh, the you know uh, the pop up versus knockdown. Yeah, uh, like like Oki stuff to use some uh, to use some fighting game terminology that probably won't make sense. I, I almost <laughs> always just did, just did the straight knockback version because I I was worried yeah. about screwing something up if I did a uh, if, if I if, yeah if I did a launcher yeah. knockdown combo. But like so, three. And- yeah. If, if, yeah, if they communicate it better than three, then that does sound cool. Yeah. It was one of those uh, gaming adjuncts that you didn't need to to win, though. So at least that was good. Definitely, no. But I think they're really competent games. I would love to see another variation, even like a Kickstarter variation of, with the same battle system. As long as the battle system lives out of it, then I'm happy. But I really like this game. I've got some mixed feelings about it now, playing it for a third time. Um... I would. I don't know whether I'd, I'd probably like to go back and play one again. I'd like to relive one off the back of two and get the good ending and have, and then have a nice then have a nice cry about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would cry. About Getting it. that is worth it. Actually, I, I really like seeing like everything that unfolds with Alice when you do actually get the good ending. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, jumping around. A you encounter bit. what is probably one of the most frightening bosses I've ever seen in my life, and oh, she yeah. gets to take it on solo, and it's. <laughs> absolutely disastrous when i was playing it at 3 a.m and i just see this giant <laughs> giant evil mutant enemy on the screen i'm like holy crap i'm okay so is getting the good ending in shadow hearts one more than just a dialogue choice because in 
in Shadow Hearts yeah. Covenant, it's just a dialogue choice at the end. No, it is. It's you... actually a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty ring around side quest, actually. Um, I, get... I was talking about masks earlier. What you have to do is you have to kind of take on these masks. They're pretty tough, but yeah, it's actually really, really cool. And I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would say it's a lot more interesting than the simple kind of dialogue. I'd forgotten how simple the two is endings it... were in Shadow Hearts 2. Is it easier but... or harder than getting the Fierce Deity mask? Everything's easier than that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. So I feel, I think Robert kind of feels the same as me in terms of what Shadow Hearts is kind of like revisiting it has done. I don't know if I misunderstand. I, yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, to me, um, bad dungeons aside, um, disc one was kind of like mwah, and that's like Italian chef kissing fingers. Um, mm-hmm. but disc two is kind of like where it started to lose some of its luster for me. And I kind of felt like, um, a lot of games from this era, particularly on the PS2, um, suffer from a lot of, of padding. And, and I feel like, I think really the dungeons were mostly the culprit here for, um, the dungeons and bosses that had way too many hit points um, yeah. kind of yeah. made it feel like like my time was I don't want to say being wasted because I did enjoy playing through it um, I, I did enjoy my time with it, I'd never beaten it before so I was happy to be able to do that um, if anything it's made me feel really optimistic and excited to go back to play uh, to play one again from start to finish, um, maybe yeah, a little bit maybe. like yourself Alana hmm. so I mean, Good. I'm I'm really down with the tone of one. I mean, it's like maybe yeah. like like a half step lighter than something like Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. So it, it's it's one of those sort of rare, um, very grim and horror themed RPGs, and yeah. and one that I look forward to experiencing again. I, and and I ho- do, hopefully, I will feel the same about it now. That I, I do own all defend, three games. I own all three. So you maybe, do. Maybe oh, I well. should. Maybe I should go back and play one. Yeah, I think. I don't know whether it's because I'd never played like Persona or an SMT game before. I'd played Shadow Hearts one and two and Covenant to one and Covenant, and but I don't know whether it's me as a gamer has matured maybe and sort of ex- like prefers the darker tone. And actually, I prefer the second disc to the first disc, maybe because it gets less silly. Yeah. But I completely get where you're coming from because it a lot of it is more of the same. Like there's mm. worse dungeons, boring dungeons as well. Like. Even though the um, sanctuary, not sanctuary, but there's like the purgatory dungeon in the graveyard where you go. I kind of like that just, one. It's cool, but it's. Oh, is that the one where, like... where it's just Yuri and Karen in the first disc? No. No. No, that's in the second disc. So that's, uh, that's Miracle. Oh, so right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that I, was I, another I, long one, though. The yeah, whole mirrors and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Purgatory. Yeah, see, like where... you said, it's just, oh, God, that dungeon. Oh, God, this oh. Yeah. I'm yeah, thinking but... of the the second purgatory where you have to go yeah. through the gates in order right. to light the no, candles. I was I was I was thinking of Mirror Castle. I know, I know what you mean now. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's just it's just boring. Like there's nothing that really stands out about any of them. And yeah, they're they're uh, pretty samey. A wine cellar. I mean, that was just a big ass wine cellar. <laughs> the, oh. wine, the wine cellar and the the tunnel between uh, the the tunnels to Wales and that dungeon oh. with the I dungeon so much the dungeon with the moving platforms. Uh, there's there are some gnarly dungeons in this game, and yeah. in ge- but in general, I really think unfair. I, I I think I liked the first disc a little better than the second, but that was because in the first one I was I was getting a new character and a new personality almost every few hours. Yeah, and um and this in the second half of the game, like the, the change in setting was cool, and the plot stuff with Kato was cool, but a lot of it just seemed like I was. You know, and this was because I was playing it very, very late last night, and I finished it. <laughs> I finished the game a few hours ago. Uh, the like, I was sort of when, when it was the middle of the night, and I was just going through these dungeons in Japan. It's like that just just get yeah. me to the end already. And oh, I uh, and I never felt that way in the first half of the game. So I, to me, that first disc feels like a complete RPG in itself. I mean, you know, I from start to finish disc. and ending There's with so much waste of time. <laughs> a little bit. I think the beginning of the game is a little bit kind of, oh, we'll just go here and here. It's pretty it's slow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, you're it's just sort of follow, you're, it's like follow the evidence in a, uh, in just going yeah. from plot point to plot point without without a ton of meaning. It's not but I think uh, Russia, really, that it starts yeah. to gain any traction and... I think because I am such a fan of the first game, though, is why I appreciated the second disc a little bit more. Is because it yeah. kind of finally starts getting down to the, you know, down to the wire. Yeah, about what's more really more going on. Back. I like the callbacks yeah. to that. 
um, even if some of them I don't really agree with, maybe, but I like all of the callbacks to the first game in the second disc. Yeah, yeah I did too. I have to play the third game yet, but I think so far I do like Shadow Hearts 1 just a bit more than 2, just because I think it hits um, yeah. that atmosphere that I always look for in games. Yeah, mm. I think you'll like 3. I think, because I didn't like it the first time I played 3, I got like but halfway only, through it. only the second one has a wrestling vampire hero of justice, correct? Uh, Absolutely. no. <laughs> what? what? Uh, there's, there's, there's a member of the Valentine family in each game, I Right, I, I think I knew that, but I mean, only one of them is a, is a wrestler hero of justice. Yeah. Uh, what's the, what's Hilda like? She's kind of <laughs> she's kind of like. Oh, that, Hilda she? thinks she's like a superhero, so she's essentially yeah. like. Well, yeah, now I know but, definitely know which one I'm playing next. Yeah, but she's got a stupid gimmick which changes. I love the... stupid gimmicks. No, but this is really <laughs> it's silly. It's pretty so, like, stupid. <laughs> like basically, just like caloric she... intake, or yeah. So basically, oh. you know the. Um, you know, Joachim and Keith have drain touch. Well, she can use right. drain touch to take calories from enemies and she can get either fat or turn into a bat, which is fine. You can do the bat thing. I like mm -hmm. the bat thing. Keep the bat thing. But the fat thing's, like, annoying and I just don't like, it's kind of a, not, I don't think it's intentionally meant to be offensive, but it's just kind of like, well, really? Like, it's female. Like, you're trying to suggest something yeah, like putting a yeah, weight makes um, you, like, they're, stronger. They're not great about that in Japan. No. Sure. I mean, well, there's yeah. Sometimes humor in Japanese games can get a little weird when it, uh, about women or or gay people. Yeah. But uh, well, <laughs> Shadow Hearts does it to three for three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, with boy. the uh, with the predatory gay shopkeeps in each mm -hmm. title. Oh, oh the third one has it too. Yeah, yeah, one of the, one of the oh. brothers runs away to America and gets engaged to some like American bike, like leather clad man. It's like gay easy rider. It's weird. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. Oh. So Steph, what other? Than, I think you've been chiming in all the time, but like, what do you think overall? And I think you prefer Shadow Hearts One, which like Robert and maybe me now after revisiting it so i'm a really big fan of games with really good atmospheres i feel that can usually override a lot of my feelings like i think legend of mana is just a perfect game just because of how it looks um i know it doesn't play that well and i'm willing to excuse it just because i like game, the atmosphere that game is so super much. weird it's one of my favorites it's super weird uh, but it is so gorgeous yeah. It is, yeah. And so from top to bottom, beginning that. to end, I will enjoy it just because of that. And same with Shadow Hearts. I just like the atmosphere that it presents. Mm. I love yeah. that one of the, fir the first sort of dungeon village that you visit in Shadow Hearts 1 is absolutely a 180 on most dungeon and villages that you encounter in most games. That's the dog village, isn't it? Is that no, it's... no. Oh, no. There's a dog village? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's like mutant dogs. <laughs> Um, no, no, not to spoil things, cats. but you find out the first village in Shadow Hearts cats. 1 is inhabited by uh, cannibals. Oh. That's it! So, I, I think Shadow Hearts 2 is great, and I love everything that the series does. I think it's a cool thing to bring in, um, you know, both history and myth together in one, you know, one solid package. Mm. And if they brought the series yeah. back, I would be totally advocating it and, like, posting all sorts of stuff about it. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I, I didn't like Shadow Hearts 2 yeah. as much. It's mostly the dungeon's fault, uh, but I loved playing it, and it was just a lot of fun, too. And yeah. even the emotional bits that it does hit do a really good job. Like, when you encounter yeah. Alice, uh, when you have a sit-down with uh, Albert Simon, you I know, or even that. Akato's motivations, too. Because that does the whole thing we were saying with Kato, actually. That bit where you sit down with Albert Simon does the whole kind of, oh, it's just a clash of ideals again. I like that. It was because yeah. Albert Simon was kind of like, for the most of Shadow Hearts, big bad. Yeah. Of, oh no, this man's religious. He must yeah, be we, evil. We mentioned, this, we mentioned this last week. I um, When he speaks with Albert Simon on that like park bench in the Japan inside Yuri's mind, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and you told like me that... the game really goes places, eh? Yeah, Literally yeah. and metaphysical. <laughs> and and, and uh, when you told me that Albert Simon was basically a, a normal-seeming evil villain, I was a little surprised, because his portrayal in uh, in Shadow Hearts Covenant was anything but. And, uh, but in, in general, I, I mean... Like it I, still I, made sense, oddly. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not just a clash of ordeals with Albert Simon. I mean, he, the very first scene in that game is him just, like, cutting up civilians. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> right. No, but definitely. I, I, I do have to say, though, I, I, I basically have to agree with uh, the frustration from the dungeons in Shadow Hearts Covenant. I think it would have been better as a 
like thirty hour game than a forty five hour game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I was so. I I topped out right around between forty and forty five hours, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that said, I thought it was really good turn-based battle systems. Like, a lot of the bosses really keep me on edge. You yeah. Know, yeah, because you have to deal with, like, stats. A lot of the stats-up stuff really helps. Uh, then you have sanity points. Then you got different mechanics for each character to kind of play with. I, yeah. I, I loved how every character basically operated within the same system, but felt totally unique based on their... Yeah. But both based on, yeah. their, on their judgment ring and their skill set and their side quests. Every character totally felt unique and i thought that was I do like when games have a difference awesomely. between um yeah and i like when games have a difference between the magic that you can use and their own special attacks yes the, the, fi- know, the final, Fan- the the final fantasy does that final fantasy yes but final fantasy 6 thing where everyone has magic but everyone also has a unique skill set that's that, that that's like that. that's like an ideal system for me yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. The only one I don't like is Lucia's, who can be entirely random because, you know, there's 24 tarot cards and they can be turned upside down. I use Lucia a lot. She was basically my magic user and booster for yeah. the whole Every so often, characters do have those party members who focus strictly on, like, buffs and debuffs, and I really yeah. like that. I love those, too! Mm. I love yeah. that. It's Domo why I... in Breath of Fire 3 was my queen. Akihiko yes. and, uh... Uh, and and Igus in Persona 3. I used they were the two characters I used the most because one had all the buffs and one had all the debuffs. Yeah, definitely. You'll like Ricardo in Thrawn Hearts 3 who is Word. essentially Lucia and he has not aromatherapy but you pick up items and he learns songs. So his it, weapon is a guitar is, with a flamethrower and a gun is, in it. He's Antonio Banderas in Desperado. He, is, I love he, he sounds Italia. like he also sounds like Desi Arnaz. <laughs> but yeah, he has like these songs, and they're all like stat boosts. So like, one of them, they don't affect him. Already have a favorite affect- character, and, 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 this, and, this, and this is a game with an Amazon ninja and a talking drunken cat. So, wow. No, no, Ricardo is the best character in that game. Well, my oh. favorite, but maybe it's just aesthetically and kind of like, oh, it's the, he's a traveling musician, <laughs> and I'm a sucker for musicians. So literally hey. a bard. Got it. Yeah, pretty. He pretty much is. <laughs> Is is it just me or narratively does Lucia not really seem to have much of a reason to be oh, in no. the party? No, she she <laughs> is she only matters for one dungeon and for it's kind knowing, of silent uh, after that. And for yeah, knowing... but what else are you gonna do? Just go back to telling fortunes? Come well, on, no, it, it, she she I does have a she does have a connection to she does have a connection mm. to Veronica. She does, but Veronica disappears like at the end of disc one. Yes. So, yeah. uh, so in the t- t- the oh. sec- in the second disc, there's very little that she has to do other than collecting new fragrances and cards. Who's that? Gi- like, I forgot the name of him. Who's that giant burly guy that you fight a few times in uh, Shadowhearts? Lenny. 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 Yes. Do, I don't know if you guys ever went back and kind of talked to him, but he actually survives everything that he goes through he, with you guys. Yeah. Does. And one thing I would like to is that when you run into him again. You know, you're like, oh, hey, it's you. And you just kind of stare off each other. It's like, I, I don't really <laughs> want to fight anymore. It's like, we don't have to do this, do we? And you just kind of have to put your hands down and no, I, I you kind of get some cool equipment from them. When I was doing a little bit of research, I did read that he and, uh, oh, shoot, and one other character, I, I, I think it might have been Alexei, um, can join you in the, in the director's cut of the game that was Japan only. It's Veronica. Oh, it's, it's him and Veronica? Okay. There's a section of pretty the game sweet. Yeah, yeah it was a, sec- a pretty sweet director's cut. Yeah, there was an extra dungeon and there was a section where you could play as Nikolai, Veronica, and Lenny. I believe there was an extra entire dungeon added awesome. just for them. There was also another fusion, I think. I can't remember. I only I only noticed that uh, that, that one I was I, I glossed over it. I didn't do a ton of looking into it. Yeah, Lucia unfortunately fulfills the dumb blonde, which is really sad. <laughs> or dumb redhead, as it were. Yeah, she's sweet, and I like her, but yeah, she's just kind of a bit redundant, which is sad. Like, Geppetto's not got a huge lot of relevance either, I guess, but I guess he's related to Alice, so... He's, he's kind, kind of, of taking the place of, what was his name, Yuri's old man friend in the first game, the old Zhu Chinese. Zhen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He kind of seems like oh, he's standing in for him. Zhuzhen was cool. Zhuzhen was cool. He was the like cool, badass old man that you yeah. have to get in every RPG but yeah, um, I guess I guess yeah. Lucia's high point in the game was almost getting eaten by a giant pink cat. So she, <laughs> anyway, she I, I thought, a pretty um, good moment. As, as strange as Anastasia's story goes, I do think her and uh, and uh, what's what's his name, uh, Kurando, getting together was actually really cute. <laughs> she she really gunned for it and she won. Some, somebody should explain history to Kurando though, because Anastasia shouldn't <laughs> live past this year. 
Sorry. Uh, no. See, that's why I'm happy <laughs> we took care of Rasputin. It's fine. Oh, we did actually. We've well, already I mean, cleared that. When, well, the, the canon version of history is in the Don Bluth Anastasia movie musical. Oh. So, so we know that Anastasia survives, of course. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, geez, that movie's great. Forever and ever. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Nobody's happy about that. No. <laughs> we need more RPGs that focus on mythology and real life, though. I oh. like... Hmm. Well, one one small touch I did like that is you know connecting mythology to real life is that they allege that summoning Astaroth and increasing the malice in the world accelerated the start of World War One. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought I thought was a very eye-opening touch that they added to the dialogue. That that was pretty cool. <laughs> so we are we suggesting that Nikolai did it before the game because I think. We're in 1915 or 16 in the think, game? So. Yes, I, th I, think it, um, I think it was yeah. implied that Sapientes Gladio uh, accelerated the start of World War One as it was part of Rasputin's sort of grand design. Yeah, I and, like and, that. Yeah. I like the way they bend history to fit mythology. <laughs> it's cool. But we need some more RPGs like that because there's... I can't think of another one. I well, I said it last time, a good companion piece to this game is the first uh, Raido Kuzunoha versus the Soulless Army, which also sees you uh, too, yeah. facing yeah. off against Rasputin in um, pre-World War One Japan. <laughs> oh, and there's also Hitler in Persona 2. So you know. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> the Fuhrer. <laughs> because... <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> no, it, well, it's Hitler in the Japanese version, obviously. Yeah, it is. <laughs> But yeah, there's not there's like no other RPGs that do that. Oh, and push. Um, one one other side comment. Uh, I was a little surprised that um a Japanese game portrayed imperialist Japan as sort of in a in a mostly negative way. That's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Say. Because that is they... not something that I that you see in Japanese games at all. No, a lot of JRPGs they're kind of they kind of seem like like a retelling of um of yeah. of uh japan's history but with you know the roles reversed yeah because they don't even i suppose i know not really like i say was um japanese history but even in shadow hearts one they're not really particularly critical of it you're fighting china kind of um i don't really remember specifics but it's I'm... a little bit slightly more nationalist in that game. Yeah. Like Japan is invading China and uh, a, a, an evil wizard is trying to keep the military at bay. And I think you side with the military. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But so, in, yeah, in, in this can... one, the, the military seems like part of the, of the, of the villain faction, even though Kato is, is not necessarily evil. And, uh, it, but yeah, you, I'm used to seeing a more nationalist view from Japanese games regarding Japan in, around this well, time. Well, in the first game, um, Yoshikawa, she's basically being betrayed by another faction within the Japanese military. And okay. Kato's yeah. put in this position where like, he's sent as her lieutenant to spy on her, but he ends up That's falling in love right. with her mm -hmm. yes. and, and doesn't do his duty. Man, shoot, that make that makes the Oka stuff that more. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah, interesting. Really yeah, again, yeah. it's a good mix of uh, yeah, kind of fun retelling of history. Please to fit it. the game context, anyway. I mean, what I guess what other periods of history would we like to see depicted in RPG form? Shadow Hearts post World War Two. <laughs> Immediate oh, aftermath. That'd be all right. That would be cool. Yeah, How about like a like a beat generation '60s America Shadow Hearts? Yes, I could do that. Oh, ja Jack see, Kerouac that's what's cool is about it is that I totally be Jackson into Hart. it no matter what. James Dean didn't die; he faked his death, and he's the main character <laughs> of Shadow Hearts Four. <laughs> I would totally be into it. I'm so sad there's not another game to the series. There we go. Mm. This we end the Shadow Hearts interpretations of history and mythology are so interesting that I would play a Shadow Hearts four set somewhere weird. I totally would. Oh yeah. yeah. So I end this podcast then with a petition to the creator. <laughs> Please make Shadow Hearts. Yeah, yes. like this this it, setting it and this tone, but with some slightly more, um, you know, bringing the the mechanical aspects up to up My, to twenty seventeen speed would right. be amazing. Oh yeah, I think. 
It's like the only other battle system that rivals it is Grandia, I think. The turn-based style, anyway, I would say. Hmm. And I've not played Grandia 3, so I don't know how much more that improved upon 2. The, the, gra- but... the battle system in Grandia 3 is the reason to play Grandia 3. That, that and having your, literally the that, only reason. That and having Apparently... your mom as a, as a main character. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Hey, mom, I'm going to go out on a journey with a girl I just met. Hell no, you're not. <laughs> I'm coming with you. That's... Yeah. <laughs> fantastic yeah. premise for a character which is good it keeps the long-standing grandia tradition of of some kick-ass moms mm-hmm. <laughs> it really mm. does there are some badass moms in grandia but yeah make another shadow hearts game make it keep all the interesting mythology make sure that it's maybe more serious than silly and keep some silliness in there shadow hearts one does have silliness because yuri is a complete jackass yeah. so please don't know. drop the silliness please yeah not all of it definitely and just tighten up the mechanics even more. Make it 21st century viable. Well, 2017 viable. And you're on to a winner with us anyway, I think. And so, Definitely. yeah, I think that is where we're going to end it for this week. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We have loved talking to you about Shadowheart's Covenant, which is a wonderful cult classic. Everyone should play this series. Um, so just some general notes and information you should have. Um, March, we're going to be tackling... An all-time classic, Chrono Trigger. So please join in for that. I don't know if anyone has a bad word to say about Chrono Trigger. Maybe. I have but... a feeling it's going to be a very positive podcast. <laughs> those two episodes. Yeah, I think so. I was trying That'll to get around. Yeah, a lot of fun. And first time coming back in like five years. So I'm looking forward to Chrono Trigger. Gosh, only five years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's only been this... about 20 years for me. It's only been about five years for me, too, since the last time I played Chrono Trigger was right when the DS version came out. Uh, I want to get yeah. that. It's good. But no. We've also got some bonus episodes on the pipeline. We've got one which is going to be about video games from Japan that never reached us. We really want them. Please bring them over. We're going <laughs> to throw a list to everybody and just talk about them and have some fun. But in the meantime, if you want to send us some questions about Shadow Hearts, about any games that we've done, or if you want to just talk to us about old RPGs, then you can email us. Mike will diligently answer all your emails with love to at, if you send them to retro at rpgfan.com. Or with love you can... is debatable. Uh, well, I think you're yeah. a nice with guy. Gusto. With gusto. Sh- yeah, with gusto is a sure. way of yes. That, that, okay. that, that works. I'll take that. <laughs> or obviously we've got the RPG fan forums where you can shoot any of us a message or just post on the boards. We love to have suggestions, thoughts, comments, everything. Or even better, you can rate and review us on iTunes, any other media platform that you listen to us on. We would love five-star reviews, obviously, but we love anything. So just give us a really good rating. Tell us what we're good at. Tell us where we can improve. But if you want to talk to any of us directly, we can obviously share our social medias so robert where can we find you i'm on twitter at misanthro bob and uh, i guess if you're on the rpg fan forums i'm towns carmarty yay uh steph media maven of rpg fan <laughs> or social media maven where are we at if you contact me through the sites twitter and facebook that's probably me answering you back me with somebody else um but on the forums i'm dice and on twitter i'm dice sms you and nilson are the best people um, Mike, where can we find you? Right, I'm Monsoon on the forums and at the Real Monsoon on Twitter. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Alana Hagues or just I'm Diving Falcons on the boards. I do have a blog which I'm supposed to be updating called The Ruby Rogue on my oh. Twitter. So yeah, I also have absolutely. a blog that I don't update enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're done to blog. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, failed blogging is. We're like... just rotten with with neglected blogs on this podcast. Oh, yeah. But no, we would love to hear from your thoughts. And thanks for listening, as always. Next month, Chrono Trigger, coming up. Video games we want localized. Thanks very much for listening. See you soon. Sous-titrage
静かに満ちて